Hello and welcome back to the Touchline. We haven't been here in a minute, but that just means that we have been catching up on all the footballing action that is the Euro 2020s, as well as Copa America, DSTV Premiership Playoffs, as well as the CAF Confederations. My name is Oaravilidipoku, your host for the Touchline tonight, and I am with Mr. Vince underscore underscore 92. How are you doing tonight? I love how you said underscore underscore, because they- I'm not the only Vince that was born in 1992. Vile, so happy to be here. So happy to see you. I feel like it's been too long. Last time I saw it you, has. last time I saw you, you didn't even have those blue lips, but now here you are. You're back. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I am back, man. Like I said, man, we've been so busy watching the Euros. And just to talk about the games that just finished off right now, Spain getting that all-important victory. 5-0. They finally have a victory at the Euros, making sure that they go through to the next round of 16, as well as Sweden beating Poland, meaning that Sweden have now also qualified for the round of 16. That was a 3-2 victory for Sweden, as well as a 5-0 for Spain. Man, oh man, Spain have been such a disappointment in this tournament. Or am I the only one that thinks so, Vince? Up until today's game. Because if Spain went through on three draws, I would not have been happy. But <laughs> I genuinely think this Euro is now a resurgence of the Giants. And you know how we had, mm. our, we had our favorites, you know? We yeah. had, and it's not even me trying to jump the gun. In fact, let me leave those jumping of the guns for later. But mm-hmm. I feel that we essentially have those juggernauts coming back now what we've been so impressed with italy we've been now you know we've awoken spain now and i feel like spain have their mm. groove back and the guys that were being integrated to the spain system you know what i mean mm. um yeah know, the, laportes, the laportes coming in now and it's not even for a matter of any of these 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 goals were howlers we had some quality mm-hmm. goals you know yeah for, for ferran torres to come in and give me a cheeky little finish like that. Come on! Uh-huh. You see, it's the confidence building that we were talking about. Like you said, it had to progress from the very first game. And uh, we've seen teams actually win tournaments with just three points, uh, the likes of Portugal. We all know that they, in their group stages, only had draws and they ended up ultimately winning the Euros. But speaking mm-hmm. of those dark horses that you're talking about, Italy, man, Italy have not lost a game in almost a year and a half. And also they topped the group with the perfect record. Can you actually see them going all the way? I'm looking at the Zuri and I'm looking at mm-hmm. them and me they have not lost or they haven't conceded a game. Uh, they haven't conceded a goal in 12 games. The goal. And for two games yes. straight, they've gone and won those games. And now, mm-hmm. look, I think this is, a, this is different from the side of 2006 with Fabio Cannavaro being the leader mm. at the back. It's essentially now a, a team that is just a full system, you know? And of yeah. course, like, we know their manager. Their manager knows how to win. To win. Roberto, Roberto Mancini is not akin to, you know, to, to, mm, to football. Yes, yeah, so yes. If a guy like that gave Manchester City, you know, their first league title in, you know, in forever, forever. You, know, you know he knows how to win, you know. And mm. there's just a certain swagger about 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 Italy right now. Yeah, uh, it's it's the coach with his you know suit jacket over the shoulder. It's the way ah, it's press conferences. Yeah, oh man, <laughs> it's it's two delicious goals from outside the box by the delicious young prospect. It's just mm. like I feel that they've got everything. They they deepened, regimented. They've got 
amazing play and an amazing look for a pass in the middle of the park. Mm. And you've got great finishes at the end and guys that you know will go and finish it off at the end. So Italy is some, for me, they've gone from someone who I expect very little of to someone oh. who I'm taking very seriously in this uh-huh. Yeah. Very true. And looking at some of the other games that have already been played, we know that a lot of teams have gone through, the likes of favourites Belgium, the likes of favourites France and all of them. Um, looking at some of the other teams, who have you been a little bit more disappointed in? And I know I'm looking at England uh, like I, I, I really don't understand, but it's so weird to actually say that they've actually topped their group and Sterling mm-hmm. has been their only goal scorer. Guys, I feel like every single... And maybe it's also because of the beauty of the Premier League and because we know that league the most. But I feel like every single time before every international tournament, our expectations of England are so high, you know? And I don't Mm. know, I I almost feel like we're living in a situation where you have all this English talent and then we are giving it up to a guy who drew two games to some minnow clubs in 2016 at the Euro or 2000, yeah, was at the World Cup, um, and and made and won one game against the Menno side in the group stages to get to the last yes. 16. And we put all our faith in Gareth Southgate, a guy who put Middlesbrough at 13, 14 relegation, and that's the guy that you want that you want in one of the biggest biggest uh, coaching um, team. Yeah. Yes. So for me, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make, for me, Gareth Southgate's never ever made sense. I, I, I've always felt like he was always, he was always managing, you know, mm-hmm. higher than his potential or, or what he was actually worth. But mm-hmm. he gave the English fans a little bit of hope, so it's fine. But genuinely for me, uh, I, I definitely have been very, very uh, disappointed in England. I watched that first game and I just mm-hmm. thought that Paul Hoden was sensational. That very first game, yeah. it looked like everything was electric every single time he was touching the ball. But then, how are you? But then, I mean, we're looking at a right wing spot that is also very dangerous territory right now. If you're telling yeah. me that Paul Foden is one of the best players in that English squad, but now a mm. guy who is playing his first international debut goes and wins man of the match from the position he was playing in an Ibukayo side. That was playing. Absolutely mm. sensational last night, by the way. He so, was he was he was magical. Him and Grealish absolutely nice. controlled those flanks. It was beautiful to watch. And I, I think that's what that's confused me with England is that like sometimes I feel like their lineup should be predictable, but they go and mm. how is Jack Grealish when the English public is crying out for this guy? You know he is someone that can go and drag your team to a Forward. result. He doesn't mm. start a game, but then mm. the game that he does start. Boom! Assist to who? He, Raheem Sterling. He gets the assist. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Greenish has been amazing. Um, we know why yeah. Sterling's there. Sterling is essentially the most experienced uh, frontman that they have over there. But then the you thought, wonder, yes. Harry Kane. Harry Kane, like yesterday, Ooh. he hasn't kicked in yet. No, he hasn't anything. And, and, and I feel like this was Harry Kane the last international tournament as well, because he was also blanking there as well. Mm. So, we know Harry Kane can go and do it in terms of games leading up to the tournament. But can he do it in yes. the actual tournament where he knows he's the marksman? He is supposed to be the captain. Mm. He's supposed to be the leader, putting the team on his shoulders. And you're chopping back onto your right foot. And goals that you are scoring in Tottenham Hotspur, you are not scoring just like not yesterday. Not there. Yeah, mm. yeah. Not there. No, um, and, and, yeah, as you're saying? 
Um, I actually wanted to bring in the the conversation where Jaden Sancho um only had his first ten minutes of the tournament just yesterday. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, he's had a phenomenal season in Germany with um Dortmund, and him and then you know Birmingham have been a solid pair. Why is it only that Jaden Sancho only tasted Euros for about ten minutes just yesterday? Because when you you always, you also, I feel like you also need to ride your wave when you have it. So when you have Jayden, it, uh-huh. so I, I would go and say you, you, you say Jaden had a very good, a good season at Dortmund. He didn't have a great season. He had mm-hmm. probably a, an average season based on the season he had the previous year. Before, yes, yes. before the previous year, he had an amazing season when obviously United went in for a hundred and twenty odd bring him to uh, to the uh, to obviously Old Trafford. But I do feel like there is, um, shall I say, there is a surplus of talent in terms of left and right wings in England right now. There, sure. There's an incredible amount of talent over there. So much so that you're asking guys that even essentially play midfield, the Foden's of the world, you know, the greatest of the to world. Play. Yeah. It's actually too full here. We're going to need you to mm-hmm. play a little bit more advanced, you know. Sure. Um, we know what Sancho's quality is. Okay, mm-hmm. but I feel that the, that sometimes the pressure of the job also gets to gets to Southgate. I feel that sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't make calls for the better of the team. He makes calls to go and appease the English public, so to say. Yeah. Um, typical examples. We we knew we knew the stories about the, the story about Trent Alexander Arnold. We knew he wasn't gonna you know particularly feature too much at this World Cup. But then he and he still chose him. Yeah, before squads announced, mm. he's telling him that listen, you will be included because English English probably would have been in a raw. It would have been an upgrade. Yeah. So for me, Sancho is amazing, you know, and yeah. he's playing in Champions League. You know, there is no way that, and granted, he did give a hell of a performance yesterday, but there's mm. no ways that you know I should be seeing Saka. In the starting lineup ahead of Sancho, even though I feel like and Rashford, yeah, and Rashford ahead of mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me. So Sancho needs to be at starting lineup, and we know what he's what he's capable of. But to go and start experimenting now in the round of sixteen is also very dangerous. It's so, very dangerous, and that's kind of what I was leading up to. Because if you're playing Jaden Sancho in the last ten minutes of you know your last group stage, that surely says to me that you're probably going to maybe even start him in the round of sixteen. Because that's exactly what he needs to be doing now. You cannot be going into the round of sixteen with just two goals and defending most of the game. Yeah, look, they always say you play your your strongest lineups, your safest lineups in game one and game two. Um, mm-hmm. of the group stage and then game to secure then, yes yeah the, the third one if you, you you already been through I mean we're talking about like the Germany's the England's of the world the France of the world they say in the in literally the last group game when qualification has already been sealed that's where you mm. need to go and bring in the players that you think can go and give you a different element and mm. that's essentially the decision maker for you and I feel like England got very few answers yesterday except for one answer and that's Saka has to be at your right wing, but that yes, creates, and he has to start. <laughs> but that, yeah. now, that that creates another headache now for Southgate because mm. that means I've got to go and push Phil Foden into midfield. I need to get mm. a less advanced, and who am I going to play on that left flank now? Because now I've got to go and think about Sancho. Sancho, who's actually very much a left wing, 
a left winger. Yes, going into the right, yes. But now you've got a guy who, at 23, 24 years old, has has scored and been in so many England appearances in Marcus Rashford, you know? Mm. And where do you leave the most experienced player in that front line in mm -hmm. Raheem Sterling, who scored, yeah. you, who scored you the two most important goals or the first oh. two goals that England have scored in two successive exactly. games? So, don't want to be Southgate. Exactly. What I will tell you though is that Southgate is sacked at the end of this um, at the end of this Euro. That's what I'll tell you. You are bold, but England are through to the round of 16. I look forward to seeing who they will be playing next with regards to that. But also let's look at some of the other fantastic things that have happened. We have been spoiled with amazing goals in this Euro so far. I think Patrick Schick's goal will undoubtedly probably goal of the tournament. But there's so many others to speak of. And just the likes of Luka Modric's goal yesterday was just phenomenal mm. to watch. But Luka Modric does what Luka Modric <laughs> does. You know, does. for me, there is beauty in hitting a ball outside of your foot. And I can just see the bend, you know. There was just absolute beauty in that. We've also been treated to some like amazing goals as well from, from Belgium. You know, Kevin De Bruyne. For me, it's impressive you beat me on your on your wrong foot, which was your uh, which is yes. because let's act like Kevin De Bruyne actually has a weak foot. But then not <laughs> just you go and beat me on your weak foot, you go and put it at the near post. Come at on, the near post even with the one yeah, post yeah. you should be protecting. Imagine. And look, we're not we're not going to take away any goals from from it, from Italy. That mm. beautiful master that they have in the middle of the park, those two goals, oh, stop it, stop it, stunning, stop it. Yeah, so, so stunning. We'll buy those DVDs at the at the bus rank. We're just looking forward to those the, the, the year 2020, 2021 compilation. So yeah, I'm excited. I think I, for me, I feel like the the, the Euros, in, in a sense, the group stage is just more as like a business end kind of thing, you know. Because yeah. we don't know which teams are going to go through, except if you have a group of death, like, you know, Germany. Like the Portugals uh, and Germany, yes, that are still yeah. to come later tonight, yeah. To yeah, so I, I still think we're going to see magic. Um, mm. I mean, we saw magic tonight, you know, with, with, uh, with, Espan with, with Espana. So tomorrow's mm. going to be uh, some telling fixes. I very much look forward to Portugal and France because I, I know my goat always raises, raises this game. With, uh, yeah. So it would be it would be very embarrassing if my uh, if, if Portugal went home when they came into the tournament saying we know how to win this tournament. So um, yes, yeah, that's we, so true. Looking actually at this picture, um, I just yeah. remembered at the fact that Jose Mourinho just yesterday was um, coming out and saying that Portugal are constantly playing with ten men because apparently Bruno Fernandes has forgot to pitch for the Euros. Apparently, he seems to be the dead weight in that team. Do you think so? And obviously, looking at the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo is the top goal scorer in this tournament, as well as the likes of Patrick Schick and Romelu Lukaku with three goals, do you mm -hmm. think that Bruno Fernandes hasn't been contributing in any way to Portugal's, um, you know, style of play? I personally think, and I said this as well, you know, when we were discussing the Premier League, because I feel like Bruno Fernandes gets away with a lot at United because, yes. because the recovery of United is so good. Um, mm -hmm. They have workhorse in the middle of the park, the McTominays of the world, the Freds yeah, of the world. The Freds of the world, yeah. Exactly. Because Bruno obviously plays a 10 for United. 
So essentially, mm. anyone behind him would essentially be everyone but the striker because you're expecting mm. your wingers to go and pull back and defend. Yeah. You're expecting your pivots uh, behind you, McTominay and Fred, to be behind you. You expect your back four to be mm-hmm. behind you. So every... You must actually go and have a... Oh, our viewers must actually go and have a look at the stats in terms of how many times Guerrero Fernandez actually lose possession in the final third because all he goes for is those killer passes. It's those little... Yeah. <laughs> And I just personally think there's nothing, no one can tell me Bruno Fernandes knows how to control it, the tempo of a game or knows how to go and pick the right pass the, at the, at the mm. right moment. No, no. If you're attempting mm. that pass a hundred times, of course it's going to go and, of course it's going to go and pan out, you know, you know, those times and everyone's going to go and assume the most amazing assist. But yeah. I'm saying now, we have a Portugal team that's asking you to go and do the hard work as well in the middle of hard. You do the grind, yes. Mm, the dirty, nasty work. Exactly. You're, you're, you're playing against France. You're playing against Germany. Based on their players alone and the pedigree of those players, you fully expect to not have the ball. So when you do mm. have the ball, I don't, I don't need you attempting, you know, a, a through ball that had, that maybe has a 10%, 20% chance of completion. Chance of making it, yeah. You also play it safe, you know. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's... He can be a little bit of a liability, you know, in terms of that aspect for Portugal. But, and, mm. and, and they need to find a solution. Either it's him asking him to be a little bit more disciplined with the ball and protecting mm-hmm. the ball. Because the moments they do have the ball, they need to do something with it. And unfortunately, with every it. time you try to do something with it, it's just not panning off. Yeah, and speaking of that Portugal team, they are playing the world champions tonight. And obviously, the only way Portugal can progress is that they avoid defeat by more than two goals tonight. Who do you actually see going through from this group of death? Because Germany will also have a tough encounter with regards to Hungary as well, making sure that they too go through to the round of 16. Looking at the group of death, France is already through. Who else is joining them? Personally, I think that Germany get the results against Hungary. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be some sort of reshuffling in terms of what France decides to go and do tomorrow against Portugal. Mm-hmm. But momentum is also a tough man, and I feel that they would hate to mm-hmm. lose a game. Um, yeah, you know, that close to getting into the round of 16. So, unfortunately, I do see Portugal actually not making it. But ah, bold. But I am the same man that has seen Cristiano Ronaldo go to Atletico Madrid with a 3 0 deficit and seen him bang a hat trick. Get a hat trick. You never ever doubt um, the biggest players on the stage. But what I do, what I will say is that I just don't think that. I think France need to go and play like the world champions that they are. That they and are. If they play like the world champions they are then they need to and they are expected to actually run through this whole pack. I don't know. I don't care who you're putting in front in front of France. The fact that their first team and second team has an ability to go and win the whole win Euro, any game. Yeah. Any game. And I and I'm saying first and second team because in every position they they, they, they have have star they have more than two stars in, in that position. So yeah. Yeah. It's fun to lose, but we also know tournaments like this, you know, the, 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 the favorite, um, other than obviously the, 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 well, the World Cup, 2016, mm-hmm. the favorite did not win yeah. uh, the Euro, or 2018, their favorite did not win. So 
we we don't know what's going to happen but i just yeah i see germany and uh, nrc france and france advancing cool yeah. crazy but also the round of 16 will start this saturday the 26th of june we have Wales and Denmark will be facing each other, Italy and Austria, and now Croatia finally know their opponents in Spain, who have just beaten Slovakia 5-0. It's going to be some enticing fixtures to come because Croatia and Spain, that's a game I know I'm looking forward to, as well as Wales and Denmark. Denmark! Man, they have had such a tough time and we are so happy that Christian Eriksen seems to be doing a little bit better. Yes, he'll be playing with a heart monitor if he even decides to come back to football because it doesn't look like, or the doctors rather, are rather saying that he should maybe just take a little bit of a break. But we all know footballers, man, he's only 29 and he's going to want to make a comeback. I want us to move on to the Copa America that is currently happening right now. Ah, so many things to talk about. I mean, top goal scorers in that regard include the likes of Neymar, include the likes of um, Angel Romero, as well as Eduardo Vargas of Chile. But we also know that uh, the Argentines seem to be pushing forward a little bit. Have you been watching the America, have you caught a little bit on the games? There is far too much football to be watched right now for me to go and be veering to go and watch sport that's outside of my DSTV package. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Neymar is doing what Neymar does. I'm a bit mm. surprised. I'm not saying I'm, I'm surprised, but yeah, Alexis Sanchez normally turns it on for, for internationals, and it just surprises me that like Vargas has been the what? one, the one name came out of. Out of that I was shocked. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it almost seems to me like the stars of old. And I'm, I'm not even saying it's stars of old, like they're old mm. now. I mean, Alexis Sanchez is 29 years old. But there is essentially a, it, it's like a small little dethroning that's happening. That's happening yeah. right now. You know? Even in terms of the, the Euros right now, you know, we've got our Lukaku's over there, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ronaldo's going to be there. But essentially, there are players coming into the hold right now. Um, and even if you go back to uh, the Copa America, the Romero's of the world, there are players coming mm-hmm. into the world right now that we know are great for their clubs, but they seem mm, to international. internationals. Yeah, so yeah, that is that is true. I, I need to think. I need to think. I need to go and see what my what my Copa America is saying. But if you're saying if you're saying it's a, if you're saying it's as hot as what you're saying, is then maybe I need to buy mm. a and go and set it up like I'm a Andy Townsend in my lounge. <laughs> and as you can see across the board, there are a couple of games, Brazil and Colombia, Bolivia and Uruguay, as well as Chile and Paraguay, some of the games that are still coming up. Neymar has just scored his 68th goal. Huh? Have you been watching these games? Because maybe now we should swap roles and let me ask you, have you been watching these uh, Copa America fixtures? I mean, I've watched a few and and honestly, there's been a little bit of disappointment because we all know with Argentina, Messi's always kind of disappointed, but also he's getting the likes of of um Paolo Dybala, who's actually playing really well. I mean, he's coming into the fold now and coming into his own. So he's doing rather well with regards to that. And just kind of like you said, there are shining stars that I did not see coming with regards to the Copa America. But we get to see some of these players still going and still coming. We're yet to see... Uh, Brazil and Argentina, maybe even final, because everybody's thinking that's going to happen. <laughs> and, and who have you been kind of been the most impressed with in terms of uh, this these matchups that we've found ourselves? I'm, you know, 
so should I say waiting and salivating for? I mean, we, we obviously know, you know, the the potential yeah. final we want to have. Yes, the, the Neymar and like, the baby brother versus the younger brother mm. in Messi and Neymar. But who have you been mm-hmm. impressed impressed with outside of those two? I mean, looking at the likes of Brazil, Richarlison is is starting to make a really good name for himself in Brazil. Yes, he's only got one goal, but he's coming to the fold and that interplay between him and Neymar, that pace that they both have, it seems to be working really well for them because, I mean, he ended up setting up Neymar for a penalty in the first game of the the, the, of the uh, tournament. And also do remember that every single time that Brazil have ever hosted this Copa America, they went on to win it. Uh, and looking at how Neymar is in fine style right now, scoring his 68th goal for Brazil. He's now only nine short of matching Pele's record for the country. So we're looking forward to some amazing... I'm not saying he's going to score all nine (laughs) now, but um, he seems to be edging closer and closer to being a Brazil legend in a sense because everybody seems to think that you need to have won so many things to be a legend of your team. We're talking about Lionel Messi, who's also yet to announce where he's going next season there's only a couple of days left in in June rather for him to tell us where he's going because he hasn't made an announcement whether he's extended his contract with Barcelona either so there's so many things and so many players contracts that are up in the air and Copa America seems to be you know bringing it down a little bit in regards to that and look at some of the transfers that have been going on Memphis Depay has finally joined his childhood dream in Barcelona how do you see him um, playing in that team? Do you know what? For me, I feel that the problem with Barcelona is that sometimes mm. their, shall I say, their front office. I I, I just feel like yeah. they're, they're a little bit confused at times because I'm so sorry. I, I love Memphis, how direct he is as a footballer, his skills, you know, his ability to go and hit the ball from all types mm. of ranges. But... That's not Barcelona. That's not the Barcelona way. That's not Barcelona style at all. At all. And he is not a Barcelona player. But he was. But the the current coach there, in terms of Ronald Koeman, was the Netherlands manager. So you can yes. see where the history is coming from. Mm. But I don't know. For me, it's a bit of like a domino effect, a juxtaposition, so we say, in a sense that are you giving me Memphis the pie and giving me Aguero in the same transfer window? Because you feel like you're losing something up front. But I thought the exact same. Because yeah. especially now also, I mean, we're in the 23rd day of June. There's only seven days left of the month. And uh, there's nothing being said about Messi's new contract. No, look. It's also, like, we're talking weight. We're talking massive ways now. We've got mm. Usman Dembele. We've got yes, who's now injured. Again. <laughs> We've got Sergio Aguero. We've got Antoine Griezmann. Genuinely, these are big players, and these are players mm-hmm. that are not going to be happy essentially sitting on the bench. And exactly. to go and bring in Memphis the pie now on top of that as well. We're looking at five guys to go and fill mm-hmm. two positions because one of them should be a given. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Barcelona. Yeah. What I can say though, it creates panic and havoc, and I love mm-hmm. panic and havoc. <laughs> you like me. I love that. I love that. <laughs> because last time there was panic and a havoc at Real Madrid. Someone swooped in and got Mesut Ozil. So that means that someone's going to ah! swoop in and get <laughs> someone, Someone's going to walk away with someone special out of yeah. that Barcelona team. And ah. 
teams just better be ready because they will be panic buyers. Because MVP mm-hmm. is also a thing. Barcelona did not win a damn thing last season. Did they win the Copa del Rey by the time? They won Copa. I mean, they, they always won. win Copa. <laughs> okay, yeah. They won their community shield. Okay, yeah. so there will be a panic buyer because NFP is also a thing. Because uh, they, they know they weren't any supporters in the stadiums, so revenue was down. So you cannot mm. come to me and don't tell me purely because of investment now that the, the books are going to be balanced. Someone yeah. is going to be sold for a significant amount of money. That man is not Lionel Messi because ah, that man's on the contract. That man is a free agent in a week. Big money has to come out of Barcelona. Someone will be walking away with left foot, right foot, Usman Dembele is the man mm. of Puma, you know? So, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be very glued to uh, to Sky News and Fabrizio's uh, Twitter because I think that this, this is going to be hot. Where Lionel Messi is going, speculation. Not we all don't you. know. Because you want to quote me when I get it wrong. No ways. <laughs> and it will be right here on the touchline. And speaking of some of the other rumors, just quickly, um, Manchester City have already made a hundred million rand bid for Harry Kane, as well as now news coming out of Sky Sports News or BBC Sport, rather. Um, Manchester United have just upped the offer for Jaden Sancho. Whether they'll finally get their man, I mean, they've been chasing him for three seasons now. That is up to them, and we'll get to see all of those headlines, like you said, in the news. And just to catch up a little bit on local football. Tomorrow was meant to be the playoffs for Cheaper United, Riches Bear and Royal AM. We all know what is happening there. The appeal has finally been put in place and the playoffs are being halted for the moment. So we don't know when, whether Skukune or Royal Arm will actually be playing in the PSL next season. That woman right now has made her point of view known and heard. She is not backing down. Royal Arm is fighting for the spot in the PSL. And then now moving into the CAF Confederations. Last week, Kaiser Chiefs got their much-needed victory at Weydad Casablanca, walking away with that 1-0 victory as well as Al-Akhli and ES Tunis. Al-Akhli getting that victory as well. The second legs of these games will be played this coming weekend. Casablanca coming to Gauden, coming to get that all-important victory on their part to make sure that they get to the final. But Kaza Chiefs as well will be looking to get to their first ever cap final to get their first ever star and if they do i think most people would love to see kaiser chiefs taking on pizzo musimanes al Akhli because apparently kaiser chiefs have never lost to pizzo musimanes so we look forward to those uh, calf um confederations or calf um fixtures coming up this weekend but vince just before we wrap up the show Euros are coming up. I mean, well, the next round of fixtures just now, now in about 15, 20 minutes time. You have already made a bold statement in saying that France and Germany will be going through. Do you look forward to an upset from Portugal? I mean, that too is a possibility. Personally, I would love an upset. I would love an upset. Uh-huh. We know France are through already, but yes. there will be nothing more exhilarating than Hungary pulling a fast one. And Portugal, mm-hmm. Portugal bringing their go to the party. So I would look best for me based on yeah. the teams that I support. Best case scenario, I I I personally believe in in shall I say uh, cycles in terms of football in terms wise. So yeah. I believe that Germany uh, die Mannschaft had 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 their period that twenty that that two thousand and twelve two thousand and fourteen just mm-hmm. after 
Um, it was a Spain-dominated world football between 2012. Yeah. They were magnificent. With the likes of Urzel, with Müller coming into the into the fold after the World 2010 World Cup and their success over there, I thought Germany had their phase. We've done, yeah. we then went into the France phase. We're, we're talking world football. When for, mm-hmm. uh, the, the French phase. And man, I would just like to go and see whether, you know, did Portugal win, win it by luck, you know, two years ago? You know, um, I think they drew all their games. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of something ridiculous such as that. I mean, we're shocked that the likes of England have topped the group with just two goals. So, Euros are showing us that anything can happen. Anything can happen. What I, what I, will, what I will tell you, though, is that yeah. England are not making the quarterfinals. And that is how we end off the touchline tonight. Vince underscore underscore 92. Thank you so much for joining me here on the touchline tonight. Annie yeah, Dad. Always a pleasure <laughs> chatting football and everything else with you. It's always a pleasure to be here. All right. And for the rest of the Touchline family, please do follow us on all social media. That is on Twitter, Touchline SA, as well as Instagram, Touchline SA. Like I said, coming up tonight, we have Portugal who take on France as well as Hungary and Germany. That game kicks off at 9 p.m. And then from Saturday onwards, it is the quarterfinals. My name is Uara Lady Pogo. I look forward to another Euro chat with you soon. From the Touchline family, we're out. Peace.